We are talking today with Sybil, a Peruvian-born Cordon Bleu trained professional chef who runs her personal gourmet catering business here in Tucson at SybilsKitchen.com. As part of our Pathways interviews, we wanted to talk to Sybil because we know she has led an amazing life. Sybil came to Tucson in the 1990s to avoid the dangers of war and drugs in Peru and to shape a fuller and safer life for herself and her son. So please lend an ear to our friend as she talks about love, loss, faith, family, and fruit crumble. Good morning, Sybil. Hi. Hello, Sybil. Nice to see you again. You know, like in maybe 25 minutes, I have to run to my oven to get something out, but then I'll be back. It's just a minute. <laughs> so that, that adds some reality to our interview. And thank you for joining us. This is BB Peters together with Dr. Angel Gould Marks, and you're listening to Boom Talk Media, the podcast. When did you first become aware, maybe, of the concept of that you were on a path? You know what's interesting is that a lot of friends knew me better than I knew myself. And I just have come to realize what I do and how I am recently. But like talking to my friends, they say, you know, you were always like this. You're amazing. And I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> but it was. And I've always tried, like, you know, when I landed in the States, I thought, oh my God, what did I just do? But uh, my dad, he says, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to go there? You're going to be nobody. Here, you're important. There, you're going to be nobody. And then I said, dad, I don't care. I want to make it on my own. And he says, well, I'm not, I think you're crazy and I'm not going to support you. And I said, I don't want you to support me. But if I get in trouble, please bail me out. And he said, Sure, I can do that. <laughs> That's an interesting philosophy. And I just want to go back and, um, to what you said when I asked you the question about your path in life. And you described mm -hmm. that other people's observations, right, yes. informed you a little bit of the intensity which you had grown used <laughs> to. And now you're saying that that activated your inner observer of yourself so now listening to what other people have thought you can see now that wasn't your natural inclination to be so self-observing about it you just were dealing with one thing after another just doing what you had to do but your friends and as observers were drawing conclusions about you yeah. You know, I also think that maybe, and that kind of plays with the idea of me leaving all that and coming to start from zero here. And now I notice that's it. What I, that's what I mean. But yeah. my friends noticed it before Absolutely. I did. And what a gift that 
is to have witnesses to your life. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And you know, it was, I had a conversation with my son one day and I said, do you think not now being both adults, right? Him and me. And I said, do you think I made a mistake coming to the States? Because I see my girlfriends, they have massage therapists that go to their houses every day to massage them. They have maids that they do everything for them. And they have, they go to the country club and hang out all day. And here I am working like a loony. And, and he said something very smart. He said, mother, you were clingy to your dad, to your husband or boyfriend. You depended on them. You are yourself here. You are a beautiful person and you don't depend on anybody. And you have to be very proud of yourself because I'm very proud of you. Now, oh my God, made my day. And I, it just made me feel like I had accomplished what I was yes, trying what to. A, what a gift. And mm -hmm. how does that compare for you when you look back on the life that you had then and the life that you have now and what your husband, what your son said, um, what are the emotions or the feelings that you get when you look at yourself then and now? I'm happier. I have more peace. I, um, and I'm not afraid of the world. I'm not afraid of tomorrow because I know I have today and it's going to be beautiful no matter what happens. Like now I'm talking to you I'm baking that crumble in the oven. <laughs> I, I look at my house and it's my house. And, um, and I get to help people. Okay, oven, one second, I'll be right back. Take your time. This episode is brought to you by Boom Talk Media. Our little books that we call Reliefletts includes the title Relief from Worrying, Small Ideas with Big Benefits for All of Us. You can find this tiny guidebook on our website. Visit boomtalkmedia.com or search on Amazon under Relief from Worrying. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think. Reach out to us through info at boomtalkmedia.com. There's nothing quite like local. Local is your weekly farmer's market or homemade strawberry ice cream. It's live music on the corner, yoga in the park, and a chance to try something new. That's why AARP is local, here to offer free events and enriching experiences that can help with finances, family, and fun. We're here in the community, connecting you to what matters most, right when you need it. Find events that interest you at aarp.org local. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Boom Talk Media. This is Andrea Goldmarks with my co-host, B.B. Peters. Now, let's rejoin the podcast. Welcome back, Sybil. I wanted to ask you also, you could take us back just a little bit to when you moved to the U.S. How did you envision your life here? And how did it evolve into the profession and the person that you are now? Okay, so I did not mention when I finished high school, I, my dad was a very uh, 
important attorney in town. And I said, I want to be an attorney like you. And he says, are you out of your mind? You cannot work. What are my friends going to say that I cannot support you? That is going to be very embarrassing. So if you want to study something, you go to Cordon Bleu and you learn to cook very good meals so that you can be a very good wife. So that's what I did. And then when I got back, his plan worked. And three months later, I was married. So he was very proud of his accomplishments. Then when I got divorced, my dad says, well, get a job. And I said, wait, what about your friends? And he says, no, times have changed. You can work now. But I couldn't be an attorney anymore. So uh, going back to your question, when I moved here, my first job was I was teaching cooking classes at Pima College. And I was um, very happy there. And then I met this Peruvian person. I'm telling you, there, I still haven't uh, nailed it, but I think that I have angels or God or an army of people that we don't see that take care of me because they always guide me and take me to the right place. Uh, I was getting my nails done here and she says, you're Peruvian. And I said, yes. And she says, you know, the owner of Thoroughbred Nissan is Peruvian. And I said, oh, I didn't know. So then I went because I needed a car. So I went over, tell me this, his parents played hearts in Peru with my grandmother all the time. And they were very close friends. So then he kind of felt like he wanted to protect me. And he said, what are you doing teaching cooking classes? No, you have to get in sales. And I say, why? I don't know how to sell. Well, you learn how to sell, but you have to make good money. So he got me a job at a radio station selling advertising. And then I, I worked hard on it. I was the first one to get there, the last one to leave. I would talk to a lot of people and I did really well. And I kept going up, 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 up. And then finally, um, I, I went from radio to television. And then when I was doing television as a sales manager at Telemundo, um, one day, this kid from uh, that, well, I met my, my ex and we became, we, he asked me after we got married, he said, why don't you just help me in the store? He had an Armani store, help me in the store and um, don't do that job that is so stressful. And I said, okay. So I, I said, well, second marriage, I have to make this one work out. So, and especially he was Persian, different culture. I truly believe he loved me very much in his own way. And, um, but I guess he wasn't happy. So he decided to leave, but 
see every part of my life I have lived in full and given myself into it. And I think that is very important in life. Not to cheat the system, but to make it work. It's like you lived many, many lives in one. Many, many yes. lives. Yes. When people say in my other life, yeah, I've mm -hmm. had a few. And so then how did, so you and your second husband divorced, and then is that when you turned to cooking and preparing fantastic meals and selling those and well what happened was that he told me he was gonna retire and close the store and then i thought mm. and then he kept saying you know we don't need this we don't need that and and he was like shrinking my my life so i thought well before this happens i better get my business rolling so that I can keep a lifestyle that I like and not depending on asking him for stuff. Because my dad used to say always to me, you know, daughter, there's no better feeling than making your own money and being able to afford what you need and what you want. And it's engraved in my mind. Good advice. But that was after yes, times changed. Yes, we know this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yes, he just left one day and he starts packing. And I said, sweetie, are you going somewhere? And he says, yes, I think I'm going to go to my mother's who lived in Virginia. And I go, oh, and but he says, I am going. He didn't say we are going or would you like to go with me? And, uh, and then I said, when are you coming back? And he says, no, I don't think I'm coming back. How long ago? That was a week before COVID in March, mm -hmm. 2020. But this is a funny story. So he, well, not, that's not funny. I was, but it, he left on my cooking day. So I could not worry or suffer or think. I just had to deliver. I had to cook. So I cooked very hard packed all my, but, um, and then he had said that we had sold the house because he said, we're downsizing. And I said, okay, yeah, okay. But he wasn't looking for a house. And then I was thinking, oh my God, is he planning on moving into somebody's house? And um, so I started looking at houses, but I wasn't like sure of what, but I had no rush. And then one day when he left, my, a friend of mine had asked me to go and see the house of this friend that he was selling it. And I, I said, I cannot afford buying a house. And she said, well, talk to him, go see the house. And I didn't like the house. My mind wasn't thinking. And then when he left, I called this person and I said, okay, I will buy your house, but I have to be able to move on Wednesday. So like the day after tomorrow. And you have to lower the price, $25,000, so I can afford a payment. Because I had to move out of my other house by Friday. So he let me, be, and then closing was on Friday. He leaves on a Monday. And, um, and then that night, after I finished cooking, I went to next door neighborhood and said, who has moving boxes? People were 
offering me so many boxes. Oh my God. And then Tuesday after I delivered, I grabbed all the, picked up all those boxes and started throwing stuff inside. And then Tuesday I called movers and they were coming on Wednesday and then everything was here. Now, this is the funny part that on Friday, no, on Saturday, a friend calls me and says, so how are you doing, Sybil? And I said, what do you think? I'm devastated. And I was crying and I was depressed because suddenly it hit me, right? Looking in, in, in this house that is, you feel like it's not your house mm-hmm. full of boxes. And, um, and, you know, it's like if you have boxes and mess in the house, your life is not in order. Everything has to be in place. And I said, well, and and she says, you know, I know just the right person for you. And I said, are you insane? The last thing I want is a man. No way. So then the next day she calls again. Sybil, please meet this guy. And I said, no, no man. I don't want anybody. So she did this five days in a row. On the fifth day, I said, promise me that if I meet this guy, you're going to leave me alone. And she said, I promise you. So I said, okay, come on Saturday with your husband and this guy and we can talk. Okay. I was so happy I was getting rid of her. So then they come, but right before they arrived, I had my conversation with God. Remember I told you I talked to him and I said, God, apparently uh, you don't want me to be alone, but you have to choose him for me. Send me a good one. I don't choose them very well, apparently. And then I said, but you have to send me a sign. So I know it's this one. And then they arrive and we're talking, but my mind is not in a relationship. And then we're having dinner and I see a, a string coming out of his neck here. And I'm like, because I don't care. I said, what is that? And he said, oh, it's my scapular of the virgin. And I'm like, the sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the sign. And you know what? He really is a nice guy. <laughs> he is the nicest person I have ever met. He put all the little pieces together that the other one spread out. And uh, I'm so grateful. Like I said, some I have so much protection behind me, a, an army of people and, and spirits and God that look after me. And it always, something always good happens. And, uh, and right now I'm very happy. And, and, and you know, the, it takes intelligence to do that. Because there are some people who can't get abstract. They can only, every, everything is just a little piece. It's only they see that one little piece. But you in your life have really the intelligence to have stretched over all these pieces and create a unified self, which is, which is simple which is beautiful oh, and it's unified, unified. I mean, that's what people live their lives for, to feel whole. 
and just listening to the story, this cut of the story, right? I mean, we know that stories have layers and layers and layers, but your generosity and sharing with us just to this point, the richness and all the, all the facets of, of your wholeness and how it came to be. Oh, thank you. We can talk about any time about anything you want. Bibi, is there any other questions that you would like to ask her guest? And how is that crumble coming along? Oh, it smells heavenly. Oh. It's got peaches, pineapples, blueberries, mango, and cherries. Oh, and a crust of some type or? Oh, yes. It's got butter, brown sugar, mm -hmm. flour. You'll have to send us a picture of it when we're done. Yes. Oh, yes. It is unbelievable. And um, actually, I met this French guy and I was, he, he, uh, he had this dinner and he made that dessert. <sighs> I had to accept a few invitations from him until he gave me the recipe. Then I didn't have to see him again. <laughs> you got the goods. I get the recipe. <laughs> Thank you, Sybil, so much. This is this has been fascinating. Very fascinating, Alice. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. thank you, Sybil. It was great to see you again. Love hearing about your life and the paths. There are many paths in your life. Your attitude about life continues to be the same throughout. No matter the path that you're on, your positive attitude, your belief in yourself continues to be there always. So it was wonderful to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you girls. <laughs> Bye for now. This program was brought to you by Boom Talk Media, where we inspire and nurture the human journey. For more healing insights, and links to our books and blogs, visit our website at boomtalkmedia.com. And join us next time.